Hello, I'm Tyler Michek, and you know I want to discuss and talk about um, you know kind of business entrepreneurship, business startups, uh, struggles that you might kind of go through, and I don't know. I guess I'm trying to I'm having trouble kind of re- uh, having somewhere to vent about uh, all this all this business ups and downs that I experience and I'm looking for a platform so I guess I'm going to try it out try it out here so I guess I you know I started five you know I've been part of five startup companies you know, in the last five years uh, one was a marketing company Punch Solutions a couple other guys uh, worked out all well another one was Tyler's Terrariums a terrarium company I started up um, custom building terrariums and built a wood shop and later became Chicago Fabrications, which is a very successful company now that I run. Um, and I guess that's kind of more or less one of the companies, the main company that uh, I struggle with. And I go through, you know, high overhead, so dealing with purchasing the real estate, finding the space, staffing, setting up all the accounting software, all the marketing ideas, you know the whole scope of work. It you know sounds pretty easy, I know, but to actually keep up and execute on them and, and stay uh, stay current with them all, <sighs> seem to be really struggling. So I guess what uh, I guess I'm trying to find solutions on how to make my everyday a little bit easier on sustainability. So maybe if I uh, gather some ideas on here and get some followers and maybe some people in the same same boat we can have a can have a conversation that's some idea that seems like all of my peers I'm 30 years old most of the peers in my age group uh, usually working for another company or caught up starting a family so not really <clears throat> in the entrepreneurship mindset of trying to make it on their own or something or kind of express their ideas most people think it's kind of outrageous to even think that I can become kind of a start up some kind of inspiration or just off like an, an idea off podcasts or get a following um, of business owners and uh, a collaboration uh, I'm just I don't know I follow Gary V so I mean it's just basically breaks down to starting content every day just kind of taking down whatever you experience talking about it you know and then putting the risk factor what's it really going to hurt to reach out to some people maybe you get some people to listen maybe maybe you get nobody but i don't know it's, it's worth a shot so i guess one of the the obstacles that i've been overcoming lately is cash flow i recently took my company Chicago Fabrications in to a uh, million dollars in sales this year in 2017 it was uh, quite a roller coaster ride and kind of trying to scale a company and keep up with the marketing and employees and all that behalf all, all going at one time basically it was me with the only vision and paying everyone else to kind of tag along not much no one else much invested myself only so 
Oh, it's kind of hard when you're the only one with skin in the game to get everyone to care. So anyways, I I tried to scale a company and it kind of I failed a little bit. And um, Anyways, I'm here now and I still got about five employees. And I just, I'm really over dealing with trauma. Anytime there's some kind of issues with them, I just want to shut down and not really want to listen to what they got to say because they're not really part, they're not seeing the big picture on my end. So I, I and it takes so much energy to explain it and do they even care and is it worth it? And then if they do know the big picture, you know, is, it, is that even a better thing? So kind of struggling on you know how to communicate to each employee and what to have them know and what not to know. So anyways, it'll be, uh, be for another time. I guess we're gonna, this recording's gonna end now, it's saying so. I'm Tyler Michek. This is uh, episode one, uh, season one, and whatever blows your hair back. I guess we'll start it out on know who I am. I'm uh, the business owner of Chicago Fabrications. Um, I am the founder as well. And I want to go over some of the obstacles that I had to overcome to get the company to where it's at. I took it from just an idea all the way to being four years old to doing a million in sales on year four. And I wanted to talk about how I got there and what, what I started with I guess and that's going to answer everyone's question and when they walk into the company and they start asking me questions and they find out I'm the owner and the first question is because I'm, I'm younger I'm 30 and they ask me you know how I got here you know you could easily say I got here with hard work uh, you know and be brief but I want to kind of break it down to people so I can just actually tell people, hey, you can follow me on my podcast and I'll tell you the story how I got here. So I guess we'll start with the first, you got to, uh, I guess we'll say vision. You, you, you got to see yourself. I tell people this all the time. You got to like actually see yourself doing what you want, want to be in life. Not just like imagine like oh you a superstar or a, a football player like on a football field doing the hit. It's actually if 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 you see yourself a businessman and, and working in the corporate world, do you see yourself, you know, in a high rise, um, looking down over the city with employees with the biggest office like, and then you got a picture of yourself and your friends and family on the wall and you see the layout of your office and I mean you see you know what kind of desk you're gonna have and like this vision so real it's fucking detailed and this vision so real that when someone asks you um like what 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 you want to do or what you're chasing it's like it's on the tip of your tongue already it's or sometimes you get overwhelmed even like are you ready are you ready to hear this like this this shit gets this shit gets real deep so that's like step one um most people don't even you know they don't see themselves as a people just kind of say i, I want to be rich i want to have a lot of money i want to be happy cool those are all great things too but like 
how you're going to get there, how you're going to achieve happiness through, through what, through through your business model, and your when you do this, when you make this business, and then the return on margins, this going to be so profitable, you're going to be happy, you're going to make your money to provide happiness. Is that do you see that sequence? Is that your step to to you know to achieve happiness? Like you got to see that too. So, um, that's just the step one. And, and, uh, from there, it's kind of taking what you see and putting it on, on paper as much as possible. You can call it documentating and you can call it drawing, doing artwork. What I did is I just got a note, not even a notepad, drawing paper and, you know, I, whatever my business idea was it, and I just started to, you know, drawing that logo. For example, Chicago Fabrications. I knew I wanted a fabrication company. I knew I was going to use power tools, so I started drawing power tools, cool letters, and weaving them in and out. And you know, you come up with a name and logo, and it's a piece of paper and pencil. But it's a starting point, something to look at. And be like, you know, damn, I, all right, I got this. And then sooner or later, you'll decide on a name and to take your next step of going to make that real by getting a, going to the bank, getting a bank account and tax ID number, you know, and coming up with, uh, with, um, your domain name, you know, before you even pick your name, you want to make sure no one already owns your name, so you want to search on that, and you go on GoDaddy, and, you know, that's alone, just hours and hours of searching, we'll make sure you get a .com, not a, some crazy .net, or, or all that hot jazz, but, anyways, I'll, uh, it's kind of on your first step to start the company. I'll see you later, guys. Hello, this is Tyler again, and I want to talk about uh, how to design a logo uh, today. Just kind of briefly, you know, that's always um, where people kind of run into problems, too. It's like, well, what do I go after? I know what kind of business I want to do. Well, what do I do? I was like, well, come with some kind of logo. I was like, well, how do I do that? I just get a piece of paper and pen. Um... Start drawing your ideas. Uh, like, for example, um, uh, one of my logos uh, that I thought of uh, for the marketing company that I started was called Punch Solutions. So I was like, all right, uh, how, how are we gonna draw this logo? So like, the idea was we were like gonna punch through an idea. Like, it's like break through, like get through, get, you know, start an idea from start to finish, you know, help them out. You know, get through that barrier that they're stuck at in the business, our clients, and helping them market. So I was like, well, maybe, uh, you know, you take a fist and it's kind of like punching through. So it's like, you know, punch solutions. So it's like I just kind of drew out a fist and kind of breaking through a wall, peeling back. And uh, next thing you know, you had a, a start, you know, punch solutions and um, put some color in it, try a different few things. And the logo was, uh, was about. On to the next step, right? Then, then that part of the business is, you know, it might not be perfect, but it's on. You can always change your logo down the road, but it's good to get a, a mile marker in there so you can get a check out of the box. Um, and I guess I could got time to talk about one more other logo uh, that I created, uh, Chicago Fabrications. Um, so you got to think Chicago is uh, demo, your business demographics. 
the fabrications is your target market like your fabrication market that's what you're targeting is um you know people that need fabrication work done so um that's for marketing purposes but then so when you're drawing that like all right what's gonna make people think chicago we'll put the chicago skyline in the back then people will automatically recollect like oh this is a local wide in chicago and fabrication well maybe we'll put a drill and a hammer and a saw in it so people be like in chicago power tools you know and they'll put it together like, and then you see it's a fabrication shop and it all builds that image in their head sounds kind of complex but see you start drawing power tools or copy and pasting them putting over one another and next thing you know you got yourself um a name and a logo again on to the next step there's just there's two uh, there's two businesses that we created. That's how uh, the logos got created. Um, I always think of the, the name first, and then uh, once the name's made, go with your logo from there. And then once you get your name and logo, I'll talk about uh, the next step and um, briefly in my next uh, uh, podcast. Thanks for listening. Hello, Miss Tyler again, and. Uh, this time I want to talk about your step to actually like legalizing your company like uh, to make it so when you go to another company and then you become a vendor it's like alright I want to put it uh, on open a business account basically um, it's something that you just kind of always thought that just happens but they didn't really told you in college but what you do is you basically once going back you have to have a business name and then you go to the bank and then you're like, you want to open a bank account? And they're like, well, you can't open a bank account until you have a tax ID number. And then, so I was at the bank. I went to Chase Bank, and I was like, well, how the hell do I get a tax ID number? And the bank, Chase Bank. You know, luckily, uh, I was like, well, we can help you. Talk to our business banker. Sat me down, and next thing you know, I'm talking to a business banker, and they got the website, the Chicago Illinois, drawn up, and like, this is where you sign up to get your tax ID number, and. I was like, all right, tax ID number, and you also get a file number. And it's like, well, then you find out that these cost an annual fee. Like, oh, shit, this business ID, tax ID number is going to cost to have in the city of Chicago is $650 for the first year, $250 residual after that. Like, shit, just to start my idea, I already got to pay $250 right there. It's like, oh, there's got to be easier way. So what uh, I did is some research and some research and looked at companies and a lot of companies were out of Nevada or um, I think Utah was one of them. Michigan was only $25, but some some country, some, some states are free to run a tax ID number or file number out of. So then you can register your business through them, but the only requirement is to set a PO box. So it's like, all right, well I had family in Michigan, so I was like, you know, instead of paying 250, I'll pay the 25 a year, run my mailing for all my you know, registrations through the company, through my parents' house in Michigan. You know, it worked, saved some money, but realistically, it kind of made me unorganized. Looking back at it, I saved a couple hundred dollars a year, but caused myself that savings and disorganization. So, anyways, that's how you start becoming legitimate as an actual company. Doesn't mean you're making money yet, but there you are as one step into, like, told you before how to make a logo come up with an idea have a vision then bring that vision to reality now you're gonna start spending money 
Now you're going to go get that tax ID number. You're going to open a bank account. They're going to require you put a minimum deposit in. And then you're going to have to have transactions. You're going to have to carry amount in there. And that will affect with your rates and your savings accounts and so forth. That's how you start to build a build your, your bank reputation right there as your first as you open that company get your tax ID number and get it all filed put your first deposit in you now have a business account you have a logo you have a name now you start your brand you start to build your brand and um, I'll do a, a pretty simple lowdown quick brand awareness and how to how to trigger your brand off after we've gone through um, this process of having a vision drawing on your logo get legitimate open a bank account and uh well, uh, you'll hear from me on the next time. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, I'll get you guys some good info coming soon. Hello, Tyler here again. Now, while starting a company, um, you have to let people know. So there's like a must on advertising. Yeah, you, you just have to re- get on every social media free advertising platform there is to offer whether you know, for example I'll you know, always reflect back to my company what I use it's, good, you know, it's what we're so Chicago Fabrications okay I didn't have no money I had my idea I had my name I had my logo I was all legal I was ready to rock I was ready to take money um, how do I have how do people find out about me well, Craigslist, that's free. Well, how, well, what can I do? Well, I can build some stuff in my shop, take some pictures of it, put it on Craigslist, say I'll build this for $200. There to start. So that's what I'll do. I'll do that on Craigslist. I'll do that. I'll post as much times as I can, as many times a day, with persistence, with different projects, with different times, with different words of content. So as you learn, you start marketing. You can't put reclaim wood, reclaim wood, barn wood, barn over again. You go into different segments of targeting, like different audiences of people. You know, maybe sometimes you go in materials, sell wooden materials, and then you go into products, sell the material and products. Move it around so organically your organic search populates in all those different searches. So that's that just right there alone is free, and knowing how to optimize your search engines for on free platforms is extremely beneficial as well. So you, as soon as you want to do that, you also want to legitimize yourself, even do a Facebook account. I mean, now Facebook's even allowing you to put products for sale as well as Instagram. Put those bills. It's all free profile and stuff. You're spending there. You got to build some content. You got to actually write paragraph by yourself. You got to add hundreds of photos. You got Etsy. You got Pinterest. I mean, you could spend days and weeks updating these social media account platforms that are free. These all improve your organic searches very well. And just so even when Google searches Google Images, Google Images pulls from all those Instagrams with the right content. So if your Instagram, your Pinterest, Etsy all have like barn with this, barn with that, Chicago Fabrications. When you Google Images in Chicago of anything fabricated, all those images are going to pull up organically and you just go to the top. That all, my friend, is all free advertising. And... That advertising takes management every day. It takes everyday management to keep up to build content on them. So as soon as you get those bad boys conquered and get some content developed, that only then is when you really want to step up your game into paid ads and 
all that hot jazz with, um, you know, Google, Facebook retargeting ads that cost a lot of money on per-click campaigns, which definitely you want to get into, but you only want to go into those after you optimize, once again, on all the free platforms of advertising. There's so many, and then once you get hit on there, and you see, like, you'll see the ads that start working on cards. If some won't work, and other ads, you're like, dude, I got six, seven people just from the way I wrote this. It, I made it sound really unprofessional. Some ads, I'm like, yo, come by this barnwood, blah, 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 just say something, you know, incomplete sentences. You know, so like, oh, man, these guys are, tr- this guy, you know, we can hustle with this guy. He doesn't sound like he's very business savvy. So then you'll have more people try to communicate with you and do business with you. I mean, it's a whole psychological uh, game, too. It's a whole different advertising schematics against online campaigns where people want to see legit businesses. I'll talk about that on another time when we get further down the road where we're going to start investing money into, free adver- into advertising once the free stuff's all uh, absorbed up and conquered. You know, building your Yelp account, too. I forgot that one. That's a real important one all your free reviews just anything for free or you can have your friends and family give you some reviews all that helps anyways take it easy tune in next time later bye hello i'm tyler Michek and uh we're gonna go over uh basically how to maybe raise some capital or maybe get uh, your product or your idea out there without even having to raise so much capital so the idea behind this is a lot of people come to a brick wall after you know they get their you know, they have their vision they you know go through the process that I already explained on um, developing their logo and their free advertisement now they're like all right you know I'm ready to you know, actually start delivering the product and I'm I'm gonna need some money well not necessarily so for example is you can go to your supplier with your idea right say if you want to sell oh i don't know 500 books so you go to the bookstore or whoever would buy those books right and basically go from there go go to those buyers like hey listen i got this idea i got this author he's gonna kill it give him the research pretty much sell the idea but i need them but i need uh to be able to i don't have the money to buy the materials to make the books so you basically can have him be like, all right, well, maybe I can front that to you. You can get them made. I'll sell them in my store, vice versa. Well, all you're doing is basically just connecting the dots and promising both sides to a deal. Now, that's not necessarily you. You're kind of uh, mediating the deal and putting it together and managing it, which takes a lot of work, which just takes time. And time is what you have as a young entrepreneur. So you can do that. And... You know, nine times out of ten, if you connect the dots and it all works out, you know, you can do it again. They trust you. You start to build a relationship. And therefore, you kind of got what you wanted without really raising any capital, which normally things like, well, I need money to, I need money to produce this product and then market this product. Well, not necessarily. As long as you got a buyer and a seller in line, put those two guys together and uh, basically got yourself a deal. And you can kind of skim off the top of there, put your percentage in, and then you're making money off other people's money. You do that on the tenfold, you can start seeing a profit and you know, go from there. But anyways, that's just a 
put your thought on uh, raising some capital but and not really having any money to do so. Thanks for listening, guys. Later. Hi, I'm Tyler, and uh, today I'm going to kind of discuss a little bit about you know doing the best you can with uh, with your time and being an entrepreneur, working by yourself, how it can get overwhelming, or and how what you can do to prevent from being overwhelmed. One of the things that I found best um, to to prevent me from being overwhelmed with numerous loads of work because it's just not one portion of work. It's just not doing marketing every day for a company. It's switching gears. You know, you're doing marketing, then you're doing accounting, you're doing staffing, you got interviews that week, and then you got to also run the company on whatever portion you're doing. Sometimes this can just get overwhelming. Just thinking about myself being in situations trying to be in five different spots. They might be simple tasks in each spot, but those simple tasks do have to do six of them. Sometimes your brain will scatter, but where, 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 where do I start? Where do I start? I'm overwhelmed. Oh, I need help. I need help. You start, and then you lose patience with yourself. You know, people kind of see that as a weakness, that you're like, oh, you're struggling a little bit. Yeah, they want to help you, but at the same time, you know, you, you can have this all prevented. What I found best is, when this happens, is I know you're going to lose a lot of your personal life, but that's just part of the grind here. But the key is to stay current. Literally, I keep my emails on my phone, my Facebook on my phone. Everything where people want to communicate with me comes to my phone, as well as my computers. I can handle it as it comes in. So if it's 11 o'clock at night and a lead comes in, Okay, I'm interested in some barnwood. Uh, back to my fabrication company, I sell a lot of barnwood products. I'm laying on my couch, looking at my phone. This email comes in. Well, let's handle this tomorrow. That's what you tell yourself. Well, it's eight to five tomorrow. That's a normal work week. That's when I respond. Wrong. That person's looking, searching right now. That person's in the mode to buy, sell, negotiate, talk about whatever that product is at that moment. Um, that they're researching. So the best time to talk to that person is at the at that exact moment, I feel. So I'll immediately send a quick response back. It's not going to be a mushy. You can have a draft set on your email like, ah, thank you for sending an email to Chicago. I make it personal. I'm just like, hey, you know, they can see from my signature who it is. It's like, hey, you know, I'm up to, uh, what, here's the price on this. What can we help you with? When can we get you in there? You know, try to give them all the information, answer all the questions that you know they're going to ask in that industry. Like, they're going to want to know price and my hours. I let them know my price, my hour, and everything in that email at 11 o'clock at night. Most the time, they give me a hit back. Ten minutes later, say, hey, all right, cool, I'll see you sometime this week. Boom. You just already got something taken care of that you could have put on your plate tomorrow. When you walk in that door, there's going to be three other clients there. Your builders are going to be asking you what to build. You're going to forget about that email. You're not going to respond back till until later in the day. Now you just lost that lead. And you can that can all be prevented just by keeping up current when that email comes in at that spot. Answer. Same thing with my account. My account's like, hey Tyler, I need this. Uh, I need this paperwork signed. I need you to do this from QuickBooks and sign this copy. You don't want to, all right, well, I'll do that in a couple of days. Just, just do it right now. 
do it right now. Drop everything you're doing. This is priority. Get that done. You're ready for the next task. If no, no task is coming, go make yourself busy by cleaning or organizing or just go checking in on the guys and uh, seeing how things production's going for the day. So I guess what I want to push across is just, just as the work comes in, just get it done. Don't stack it. And that is going to take away your weekends and your nights. Just, but it's only really realistically like four or five minutes worth of work. But if you stack that all week and you do that ten times, you just made yourself an hour worth of work that you have to constantly work through and then switch gears, bam, bam, bam. So you don't, don't set yourself up for that. That'll just make you flustered and overwhelmed. Take you to work as it comes and just stay current. All right, guys, that's a quick one for right now. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to hit the gym. Later, guys. See ya. Hello, Tyler here, and today, right now, I want to talk about productive day. I think there's a big miscommunication what most people think is productive. So here's what I think people think is productive day. Productive day to a normal person is as long as they get up at 8 o'clock and do their normal tasks, laundry, uh, if you're a family member, if you're a, you're a parent, you know, you check on the kids, make sure they get to school, come home, do the basics. Um, for the nine to fivers that work, they're going to work, checking in, going through the tasks, their emails of what they're expected to do and what they're paid to do the everyday of, yeah, basically what you're expected to do. And I think people feel very productive when they complete all the tasks that they're expected to do. That's totally wrong. Anything that you do above and beyond your normal task of what you're expected to do, like working your eight to five, everyone does it. Everyone's got a bitch and moan complaint getting up in the morning, pushing through those to, even if they work late, you know, six o'clock, that's, that's, that's not really late. So what's being productive is accomplishing all those tasks, your normal family, your everyday task, and then, still holding up the energy to keep moving forward and not being satisfied with your with your day of not being productive. So here's how you can add on to it. Before you wake up and normally you're eight to five, go to the gym maybe at six, get up earlier, get some tasks done then. And then only at the end of your shift, you go to the gym again to take care of your body because not only is your mind important, but you gotta keep a healthy body otherwise if you're down in the dumps and you can't really do anything, you're, you're, it's not going to work out. So going to the gym is very important. Then after that, you start to work on what you really want to do, your passions. You go, maybe you're a woodworker and you put out a bunch of projects or maybe you're a, a marketer, so you go home and listen to podcasts or you're a writer, you go home and you write a book or whatever. That's the productive day. It's what you do after hours when you go tell you weren't pretty much you're running out of time until midnight hits. It's like, man, I got to be productive tomorrow, so I got to end this thought right now, even though I want to keep going. But if I know if I keep going tomorrow, I won't be productive. So it's like pretty much going until midnight um, just to reset for the next day with, you know, having the same mindset just as well as the weekends. I mean, if you're not going hard on the weekends with your same mission, you should look at it the weekends like, all right, I get a chance to catch up above everyone. Everyone's quitting on Friday. They're throwing in the towel. They're going to pick it back up on Monday. So you got like, all right, I'm going to get myself two, head, two days ahead of, of the curve by doing this. 
So you need to execute on that. Just on your weekends and go through and accomplish any task that needs to be done Monday through Friday. Get it done on the weekend. That way you're already a week ahead and you can focus on the things that are really going to bring you ahead. Um, that you're really passionate on working late nights, working the weekends on whatever it may be, whatever your passion is, whatever your vision is that you see yourself at and you're not there right now, you need to be chipping away at that block somehow. For example, mine, I want to be in a, I want to help young entrepreneurs be inspirational and kind of tell them the way. Well, I think the best platform to do that is, is what I'm doing right now. And right now is a Sunday morning and, um, I'm trying to talk and, and, and uh, motivate others to, to see things how I do. So I, I feel productive by, you know, releasing this podcast and, you know, going to the gym, going to the work and answering emails to help me get ahead on Monday or Tuesday, not just using today as a rest day because that's what it's allowed in the public. It's like, all right, Sunday's for rest in church and to lay on the couch and watch football and wear, a, wear other people's jerseys that are professionals that are working hard on Sunday, living their dream out. Why do we get to sit and watch all the athletes work hard and pour their heart out and wear their jerseys? I think that's kind of fucked up. So we need to go put out on the weekend just like they do during the week and during the weekend, and we excuse ourselves to, to watch them on the weekend. That's all screwed up. But anyways, hopefully I got some kind of message across and maybe you'll be more productive on your Sundays, Saturdays, or on your weekends. Anyways, till next time, take it easy, guys. Later. Hello, Tyler here. So, keep seeing all over the internet different videos saying how you know college, you know, is kind of a bad idea. Or you don't need college, or you know, college is a waste of money. You're gonna go into debt. And you're never gonna get out of the hole, and you can't even claim a bankruptcy on the debt. It's kind of a racket. Well, I'm hearing this all over on different platforms. Well, I think the complete opposite. I kind of disagree mostly with a lot of that because uh, college is an experience of uh, networking as well. You know, some of my finest colleagues in business that I get my education from or bounce ideas off of are friends I met in college. College also teaches you to no one's gonna for no one to get no one's gonna get you up for class and say hey get up hey got to make it a class got to be there on time you know it's it's all on your own and that teaches you a lot right there and the, the teacher's respect from showing up on time in class I guess you got to look at college as like you got to go out there and, and try to accomplish that and look at it as a challenge I think some students that's been told what to do their whole life by their parents and woken up maybe didn't harness that experience and look at it as like a challenge and almost look at it as like a way to hey no one's here supervising me this is my chance to slack off i look at it totally opposite like you know i struggled to kind of even actually get in college so i was like man i got an opportunity here i can't fail out and be that statistic because i remember first day of college they sit you down on orientation and they say look to your left look to your right those guys aren't going to be there at the end of this year. Only one of you guys are going to make it. The guy to my left and right were A students in uh, high school. Shit. You know, the odds didn't look good for me. So I knew at that moment I had to, like, really push in because I knew 
that, the, that I was going to struggle with the actual learning and education part. And I didn't even cherish how well my communication skills were to talk to the, the teacher. And if there was a problem, I was struggling learning to show up after hours. And that teacher knew that I showed up on time, was punctual, and I cared, and I was respectful. There was my C right there. You know, college is a little bit of you can hustle your grade. You can hustle anything in life. So I, I did really well with that. And I, I always knew how to get the job done. Even if I couldn't write a 16-page paper, I knew some guys that were well at writing papers, and you know I went and seek their help. I just could always get shit done. I was always punctual. I always showed up. That's probably 75% of the formula of success, if not more. And college didn't really teach that, so that's what you know, Gary Vee and all those guys are trying to say that. That's just the hustle. You're you're born with the hustle. So your hustle, if you go to college, you're going to hustle. You're going to do all right. You know, the C students have the A students work for them. That's kind of really how it is. And so when I was in college, I knew who all the smart people were in the class. And yeah, I went up to them. They were my study buddies. I recruited the smartest people in class to hang out with so I could get the best education and best help. So that's just being a businessman on the hustle. And that's what you learn in college or critique. I got. I didn't learn that in college. I was always a hustler. I got to critique my skill in a real setting where I didn't know people and help and have them help me. Uh, you know, paved the way easier. So that's the importance of college. Build that network. Get that experience. You know, see pretty girls and date some and get get that out of your system. And so I think that's very crucial. I think back to on that all the time. How like. Oh man, if I didn't go to college, I would never known that. Not to mention all the business plans that I wrote in college, that I wrote actual business plans and marketing strategies and operations side and business plans and financials. I learned that in college. I executed it in real life and real business plans, and I reflected my college knowledge to get that. So the, the message I'm pushing here is college is still good. Maybe it's not for some others, but uh, college helped me out a lot. And thank you, CMU, Central Michigan University, where I learned my education. So I definitely would uh, highly recommend people still go to college and get that experience. For, you know, So thanks a lot. Have a good one. Bye. How guys doing? This is Tyler again. This one's going to be a unique message. This one I want. I want any listener to, to imagine this. Picture this. This is yourself. If you want to be an entrepreneur, I want you guys to put yourself in this situation. I want you to stand. You're in the middle. You're on the outside of an ocean. There's waves crashing real hard, real aggressive against the the face of the rocks. And now you're standing on the edge and you're looking down. And you're ready to make this jump. But before you make this jump, you look behind you. Behind you, there's people, lots of people. There's people watching you. Some people are friends. Some people you think are friends. Some people are just, they really, they're encouraging you and they're just, bi- they're, they're not biased. So, but you look in the front row, the front row of people that are watching you, they have these red eyes and these red eyes are basically the people that want to see you jump the most. But they want to see you fail because they want to jump too. And so they're standing there in hopes to see you fail when you hit the rocks, if you make it to the water and what happens. So when you finally do jump and get over all those people behind you, judging you, you're going to make this jump. 
and you make this jump, you're going to fall into sharp rocks. Every sharp rock is an obstacle. It's not failure. It's basically you hit the one rock, um, you had a bad customer experience. Hit another rock, someone didn't pay their bill, had a bad cash flow experience. See the pattern? Every rock is an obstacle that you hit during business on the business cycle. The goal is to make it to the water, swim out to the sea, to this giant light of happiness that you're forever chasing that you'll probably never reach. So when you finally do hit every rock and you get down and you made it to the water and you think that you have a clearer vision now and the path's going to be easier, here comes the sharks. They just start attacking you from the bottom. So not only are you hurting from the rocks of everything you just experienced, then there's even more people coming at you even harder. More more shark bites, more people coming after you while you still got battle wounds happening, some trauma from some prior business. So you're still fighting and you finally make it through there. Meanwhile, all these people up top are watching like going, oh yeah, I'm glad I didn't jump. Look at the shit that person is going through. And then those people can actually act like they understand what you're going through because they see what you went through, but not necessarily because they've seen it, did they actually feel the trauma. So then, you make it past all the sharks. This is kind of like where I feel like I am right now. You, you kind of fought some of the sharks off, and you're, you're swimming out to the, now you got this open path where you don't see no sharks, you can barely see the people behind you, and you see like you're, you're succeeding, you're going somewhere where uh, you got a clearer vision. But there's so much to see there that you can easily, easily get off track. Meaning swim out to the left, you could swim out, they won't, you know, run out of food, water, whatever, you could die, cripple yourself, making the wrong decision in a business move, maybe taking a left, take your business to online sales, totally fails, you know, come back. So now there's such a clear path for me, I don't even know which way to go, and I keep going halfway out again and swimming back. So I'm stuck in, 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 the, in, uh, in this mode. So if anyone can kind of visualize that kind of that that analogy what i just made of an entrepreneurship taking an idea to the next level everyone judging them and all the problems you're going to hit to and then when you think that you do see the light you get there and the light's so far away you can get off course and that's where i'm at right now so i don't feel like i can take you any further in this message is hopefully maybe some of you guys are still getting beaten up on the rocks and the sharks and you can have something to look look forward to by listening to this so Anyway, this is kind of a kind of a cool analogy. I'm kind of making my book cover for whatever blows your hair back. That's going to be uh, I'm drawing that picture, and somehow I'm going to deliver that message on a cover. But that's yeah, that's my definition of entrepreneurship, right there. I think that, you know, I've been waiting to share it with people. All right, guys, later.